centered on the main screen. Just so we have been going over the book of Galatians, and this is week number Oh, there, he's good, he's good. Yeah, for now. When I was on the elder board of another church, if you're not sure, just zoom out. Just get a bigger screen and then, like, figure it out. <laughs> yeah. In other words, let's write down our decision and get on with the next talk, right? So, as we've gone through Galatians, we've heard a lot of great things. I got my Bible in this book. But Paul has a major theme he's trying to get across. And, and I want to, I know it's a teacher in me, I kind of want to give you a pop quiz. <laughs> okay. And we're going to do this all together so you don't have to be embarrassed, okay? And even those who are watching on Zoom, you can type it or just speak out loud if you're watching the recording, maybe on Mark, just scream out your answer and make the rest of the people on the bar train wonder about you, but that's okay. But I want you to think about what words or phrase highlight the main theme of the book of Galatians, okay? And I'm going to count to three, and when I say three, I want you to say your answer. Okay, you ready? You say no, I'm not ready. Before we do it anyways, okay. One, two, three. Grace. Okay, I heard grace, I think I heard faith, and I heard I think I heard no work somewhere too. So I, I think we did pretty good. Yeah. This is a lot about what grace, what Jesus did for us. And all the songs, you know, I can talk to Esteban, he always comes up with great sets of music, but it's all about what Jesus did for us. And that's what the book of Galatians is really about, trying to solve a problem that the church had as it tried to move away from Christ being all in all, sufficient for all things, to move to the idea of works. That it's not up to God alone, it's up to us doing works, and that's what he was coming against. And in this last section, he really highlights one idea, and that's the idea that we're a new creation. We're going to talk more about that. So he starts in Galatians 6, 11, and we're just going to talk through eight verses, but I got... I told somebody else, I, got, I have three hours of material I can cover because I'm out walking all week long thinking about this, but yeah, God, you know, the Holy Spirit always stops me from saying all of that, so it's good. He starts off saying this, See what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. I have to realize that a lot of the letters and writings that were done would have been done by a third party some kind of scribe or special words for it, but we won't get into that, but the idea was, it's a lot harder than just taking out your Cedars Church pen and getting a piece of paper and writing stuff down, right? They had to have the inks and, you know, the papyra, they had to have the animal skin, and it was just a tough thing. So, usually somebody else did a lot of the writing. In fact, I read that most letters that were written around this time period consisted of 90 or less words because of the difficulty of actually doing the writing. So Paul, though, at some point, will take the pen from the person doing the actual writing and write himself. And here he says, hey, look, look at the large letters. I make it to you with my own hand. In fact, there are of the 13 letters that Paul wrote, there's five of them where he makes a similar type statement. And, and Bible scholars think that he actually took the pen in all the other cases, too, and wrote much of the ending, the last at least few lines of greetings and etc. to people, so they could say, yes, this came from Paul, it's not an imposter. In fact, I like what 2 Thessalonians 3.17 says down there, it says, I, Paul, write this 
mark in all my letters, this is how I write. So you can't be any more clear than that, right? So they're used to seeing how Paul writes. Now, some point out in this particular case in Galatians, he talks about the large letters he's making. Some think it's because of the emphasis, but others think it's maybe he was having problems with his eyes, because we saw back in Galatians 4, he said something about how, hey, you cared about me so much when I was there, you were ready to pluck your eyes out for me. So maybe at that point in time, he was having some problems, but you know, a lot of that is speculation. I don't worry about it, but the purpose is, I'm really writing this letter. This is coming from me. Now, a lot of the other letters, when he does this, he then goes on to give personal greetings and praise. And guess what? He does none of that in the book of Galatians because there's a major problem that he's addressing. And he goes with the rest of these verses to address again this problem and to point out some things that we need to know. So verse 12, he says, it is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised, and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. Uh, we saw earlier on, he starts off with the letter saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm astonished that you're so quickly leaving the gospel. And he even talks about how you're being bewitched, I think in chapter three or four, you're, you're being pulled into something else that you shouldn't be pulled into. And he points out the motivation of those who are doing that. Now, we talked already about the Judaizers. We'll talk a little bit more. But these were Jews who converted, but yet held on to the law, saying, well, Christ is maybe the fulfillment of the Messiah, but it's not enough for your salvation. You have to keep the law and be circumcised. Of course, that was a message to the Gentile Christians. But you have to follow everything the law. Otherwise, you can't be saved. And Paul was saying, no, 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 no. Look at what the motivation is for those who are saying that. First of all, it says they want to make a good showing in the flesh, those who want to force you. In other words, they want to check off the check markers. They want to count up. Look at how many people I got to come over to my side, right? Look at what I've done. It's that pride issue. You know, I've been in church leadership and used days at Elder, but in other capacities. And I've always felt a little strange when we had to write up reports and say how many people accepted Christ during the year, or how many different things we did, and have a list of things. It, just, it felt like me you know, trying to make something of myself rather than make something of Christ. Now, I know sometimes you have to do that to see where you're going, so you make plans, but, but these people, they, they were prideful in what they were accomplishing. They wanted to have the accolades. But not only that, on the flip side, it says they did this in order not to be persecuted for the cross of Christ. Well, who was going to be doing the persecution in this case? It wasn't the Romans, it was the fellow Jews. In other words, they were looking at them and saying, hey, you left the faith, you're no longer a Jew. What are you doing? And they go, no, no, no. Christ is part of that because he's the Messiah. But, but no, we're keeping all the law. We're going to keep it all. We're going to stay where we were. It's okay. I'm not really changing anything. And so they were trying to make excuses so they wouldn't be persecuted by Paul who wanted to be persecuted so often by his fellow Jews. So you see the motivation of pride, the motivation of, of, of avoiding people saying bad things about you or what was leading them to do what they were doing. 
Then he says, for even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. And again, there's that pride issue that's there. Now, he said earlier in Galatians, talk about, hey, if you violate one part of the law, you violate it all. And when I spoke out of Galatians 3, I had the verse from James that said, hey, if you break one part, guess what? You're guilty of all of it. Now, can imagine that I'm driving my car 80 miles an hour and 35 miles an hour or so, and the police officer pulls me over, right? I go, wait, 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 what are you doing? You know, I, I'm not, 99.99% of the time, I drive the speed limit. So yeah. you, you can't give me a ticket now because I'm not a lawbreaker. He said, no, 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 you broke it here. So if I broke that law, guess what? I broke the law. I can't. Excuse myself because I was good most of the time. I have to accept punishment because I did it that time, right? You know, we, we talked in our theology class about how most people view salvation. We're talking a lot about salvation. For a lot of people, they're like my friend that I worked with for many years at Allstate. And, and he was a, more of a liberal Jew, but he, he said, well, I asked, we, we talked a lot about Christ, about salvation, about Jewish traditions, because I wanted to understand things to bring into my classes. But you know, his viewpoint was, if you do more good than bad, then you're okay. You're, you're going to make it into heaven. So it's a kind of a weighted type thing. I kept saying, who's doing the judgment about what's good and bad? You know, if we do it, guess what? We're always going to be on the good side, aren't we? Because we, we never look at our own motivations sometimes. But see, what he's pointing out here, what Hebrews points out, what so many other of the books and writings of Paul point out is that the law cannot get you there. Because you're always going to be violating some aspect of it. You have to be perfect, and no one can be perfect. Therefore, we need Christ. Everything we sang about in our worship service about what did Jesus do for us? He paid the penalty of all of our transgressions so that we can become a new creature and, and have fellowship with God. He did it all. I don't have to do it anymore, except for to follow him now and to have him listen. He goes on then in verse 14, he says, But far be it from me to boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. One of the other letters that Paul wrote, he was getting a lot of pushback about these other special super apostles out there, which were mostly these Jewish leaders who had come in and were trying to preach the law and stuff and, and say, oh, look how great I am. And Paul starts to go say, well, guess what? I, I'm a Pharisee of Pharisees. And he starts to list his athletes and he goes, but this is stupid. Why am I doing this? Because none of that matters. You see, the recognition was where he was trying to earn himself into good relationship with God, doing all the right things, he recognized who Jesus was when Jesus kind of knocks him off his horse and blinds him and says, you are really blind. And I need to have your eyes open again. He did that for me. That's when he said, okay, all that other stuff, everything that we count as good and glorious, I count as nothing compared Knowing Christ Jesus. You know, my family has some 
like to go in and, and uh, participate in and kind of have a fun time, but, but that doesn't mean that's who we are. That's not our real identity. We have a lot of identities. I, mean, we, I can point out a lot of them that I am, a father, husband, and all kinds of things. But what Paul is saying here is that I'm not going to boast in anything. I'm not, even if I had a PhD or 12 PhD, I'm not going to boast in that because really that means nothing in comparison to knowing Christ Jesus. That's what really matters. That's the lens by which we see the rest of the world. You know, I read an article this morning. I, I'm reading all the time, I know weird stuff. But, but it was a group of Christians that have different viewpoints of maleness and femaleness. And what they were saying was, you know, I need to take this, this lens of who I am and how I do things and then put it in front as I read the scriptures. So I can I can see the scriptures through my perception. That's 180 degrees wrong. What we need to do is flip in and say, I need to have the scriptures so I can read through there to see who I am and to see what God sees. That's what matters, is seeing what God sees and accepting what God says of who he says I am. I, I, I carpooled for many years uh, with a fellow Christian and, and he was on one side of the political spectrum and I was on the other side. And you can imagine, but sometimes it's early in the morning so we didn't talk a lot, but when we did talk, we started bringing up some issues. You can imagine the discussions that we had in the car, right? But so often we came up to a solution or to an idea that we could both accept. We filtered our political aspirations with the Word of Christ, with the Bible. It showed us and, and though we had different kind of inklings as far as things that we saw, we come to agreement so often because Christ was the center of everything that we wanted. And sometimes we even had to admit, you know, I've gone too far in this side and I've made my political aspirations number one instead of Christ. And I, I need to, to start changing a little bit of those so, so it's interesting how we Do you want a break? Oh yeah, football games have started. I'm doing uh, fantasy football with Andy Patrick and some of his friends. Um, okay. <laughs> But, uh, so far, uh, so far I'm one and one. In other words, oh, it it from the I got, uh, I just traded to Andy actually for uh, Carson Wentz and Aaron Jones. And I, oh, and Jalen Waddle, who was really good this year. Um, and I traded with Herbert, which is, who is like, top notch. And, uh, Power that um, someone else who wasn't doing so well. You need to see yourself differently. Dalvin Cook, I think. Yeah, that's a. So, yeah, so I'm going against. Uh, this is Caleb. Yeah, so Caleb and Annie are both in that. Um, so, 
so far the projected scores are pretty close. So we'll see how it goes, but yeah. I have the Buffalo defense. They're really good. They've uh, they got 17 and 20 points in the first two games. Pretty good. I like I like that I can just ride the Buffalo defense like a lot of the other defenses he has. Have you played? Yeah. Buffalo this year's defense is really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, see how we do. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably an unusual thing for you. Yeah. I don't do, yeah, I don't watch a lot of football. I'll tune into a game here and there because it's relevant to fantasy. And like, I want to see how this particular player does or something. But generally, I'm like, ah, it's too much time. I got so many things I want to do. <laughs> That's so nice. Like, you're at a friend's house, you're like, I got nothing to do. Might as well just turn it on and relax. Yeah. Yeah, then we went to like some sports bar. Oh, that's fun. Oh, wow. It's just like a whole day of football. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. That's fun. Um, yeah, one of my uh, my favorite memories is like I was I was at work and like trying to tune into the the World Cup and um, I decided I was rooting for Brazil and so um, I went and uh, I went to St John's Bar you know the and I was just by myself ordered some food sat down watched the game at the table and there's like people from both sides like there's there's people all around me cheering for brazil cheering for i don't remember who it was they were playing and uh it was just so much fun yeah i i hadn't done a lot of sports bar events but i, I can see why it's so fun like you get people in there and it's just like just so fun yeah loved it Okay. Yeah. I find that like usually watching the games and the players doesn't give me a good accurate idea of how the player will score. I just have to look at the scores on the stats. It's the only way I can do it. <laughs> so it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's, he's got the ball. Yeah, is he, he going to catch it? Right. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah. It's all. I like the Yahoo app because it just updates everything in real time. You can just like kind of watch what the team's doing as it goes. Yeah. Oh, I just switched to fifty-one percent <laughs> instead of forty-nine. Yep. Yeah, the Colts. Yeah. Oh, and it's zero seven so far. Mahomes hasn't done as well this year. Well, his first game was 34 points. Yeah, he did. Second game was in. Hoping the third is down the jumps, yeah. Slaughtered over the plate the first Yeah. Adams is one of my top players. Five points. First game. Yeah. Yeah. This is a 10, 10 person league? Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. But maybe my life more difficult and follow the rules. And then he gives you the nice Oh, really? I used to be able to tune into games on Yahoo. That was pretty cool. Can't do that. I don't have any of those uh, enhanced streaming or any. I don't want to pay for it. <laughs> I think I have NFL, NFL channel, so I can watch, you know, mm. the Sunday ticket or whatever. It's kind of like Red Zone. Oh, okay, yeah. It cuts back and forth. Oh, interesting. But you, huh. I don't think it's on the Instagram. I was watching Friends or yeah, yeah. Okay. It's actually pretty sweet. Oh, okay. Huh. Just like Red Zone does. Okay. Yeah, sounds cool. But the Sunday. can get all the the okay. Tired of the game. Huh. That'd be a bit much. That'd be expensive, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's like, yeah. It was like a hundred bucks for the years. Yeah. We go to any game and just watch the Oh, okay. So if you're a whatever fan of whoever you want to watch a game, you have to get that, whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of pass. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Sunday pass. and more talk than there's actual plays. Yeah, yeah, you can see as the play's over, you're just like, 
skip like 15 seconds ahead. Mm -hmm. The second got like a bunch of time. Yeah. He wasn't able to watch all the Yeah. 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 Probably one of the because biggest things that keeps me from watching more games is the length of it. the beginning of it, yeah, it's like, oh man, really, uh, okay, never mind, <laughs> alright, <laughs> go do something else, yeah. Plays from my players. by a little bit if, in yeah. case your quarterback gets, gets like messed up or you know get an injury then you're like well, now you're having I really like I never could get a good tight end yeah it's tough 
I, uh, I grabbed a good one off the waiver wire, or off the uh, free agents uh, in week one, because mine was doing terrible. I was like, all right, this is the first one. Good tight end, so I was like focusing on that. And I picked one up, and so far so good. Because the one I drafted is also not so not doing well this year. I'm holding on to them to see. So secretism is a problem that we're finding yep. not only now, but we've got throughout the centuries. Okay, we're going to be close in just a minute, but I want to show you some things from a survey. This is from Christianity Today, which was just done in the last several months. And they, they, they asked some questions about the general population and also evangelicals. So evangelical would be someone that's not, not part of the Orthodox Church or the Catholic Church, but has an idea that you need to be born again and say that Jesus is the one who did it for you, that you don't do it by works, and etc. So just, there's certain criteria that we say, and we we are an evangelical church, okay, just to let you know. So one of the questions, or one of the things to ask about, well, is the Bible literally true? In other words, is the Bible full of a lot of myths and, and things that man wrote, or is it literally true it came directly from God? Now, you can see that over the years, some things have changed. In fact, they're, they're getting worse. But for the general population, 53% said the Bible is not literally true. But 26% of evangelicals said the same thing. In our theology program, the second course we teach is about theology and hermeneutics because we have to get that right. Is this the Word of God or is it not? And if it is, how do we understand it? Because without that, we have no rule or standard by which we can live. It's just whatever anybody wants. It's free for all, right? Whatever I feel is best, that's what's best. But we need to have God's standard in place. So that's kind of a sad thing, especially the fact that it seems to be a rising a little bit. First Peter says, or Second Peter 1, 1 20 says, knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. John 17, 7 says, Sanctify them in truth, your word is truth. And then 2 Timothy, all scriptures breathe out of God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. That has to be our standard. The second, another question was, and this was just evangelicals, does God accept non-Christian faith? In other words, if you're Islamic or whatever, you have another faith and you believe it strongly and you follow it, can you be accepted by God? Can you find salvation? 56% of the natural Christian yes. What's the implication? First of all, they're, they're all outside of scripture, that's for sure. But if you believe that other people who have religious ideas, maybe that's another way to God, are you going to share the gospel message with them? Well, probably not, because, oh, they have their own thing and I have my thing. You know, the world says that, hey, all roads lead to, to God. That's okay. Whatever it is that you believe, what you think about, that's okay. Just don't bother other people. I'm sure you've heard of like John 14, 6 says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Pretty 
problems. John 8, 24, I told you that I would, that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. And Acts 4, 12 said, and there is salvation in no other, no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And it's so key and crucial that we understand that this is the only way for people to understand who God is and to be brought into his kingdom. And just because somebody has a different concept or idea, we still need to plant those stones in their street. We need to help them to have an idea that they need to be open that will help them to understand that they're following the wrong path. I don't like commercials. I mean, the shows I do watch, we record them and I skip the commercials, you know. But I, I watched this one commercial several times. And so a woman has her phone out like this. And then she looks over there and there's another woman and she flips over her phone. And it has the big screen just like this. And she's amazed. I would never give up my phone for that. And then as she goes throughout her whole day, she sees things. The pizza being flipped and happened. Something else being flipped. And then pretty soon she has the flip phone. And somebody else looks at her. Resurrection is real, and people are made righteous 